Hey there, welcome to this episode of the SportKite Podcast. I am your host, Nick O'Neill, founder of SportKite.org, and I wanted to thank you for tuning in and listening. Typically, if you've listened to this podcast before, this is where you'll hear me say you should go to buymeacoffee.com slash sportkite and uh, give us a little bit of support if you really like what we're doing here. However, what I really want to focus on is something that came up in a recent Kite Content Creators chat uh, with fellow content creators out there. And we were talking about how all of this that we're doing, the podcasts, the videos, the photos, everything else that folks are putting out there. It's a way of starting a conversation with all of you, with the people that we love, with the kite flyers, with other kite people around the world. And we're opening up the conversation. And oftentimes when you're sitting back here on the recording side or the content creation side, that conversation kind of goes unanswered. Um, And it's not that folks aren't enjoying what they're seeing. They're just not feeling compelled to leave a comment or to like or subscribe or any of that. I am so guilty of that. If I love something, I'll just be like, oh, that was really awesome. And then I move on to the next thing and I forget to hit that like and subscribe button or even share episodes. So... Uh, The fellow content creators suggested I should put this in the intro for this episode, so I am doing so. Um, That if you do like what you hear here uh, on the Sport Kite podcast, it is really helpful in keeping the conversation going and letting me know that you like what you hear. If you engage on some of the content that we either put out on the Facebook page or on the website or here on the podcast, or if you share this podcast with folks, all of that actually really helps. It really helps that conversation keep going. All right. So now I am completely done with self-promotion and I just want to hop into this part one of a two-part interview that I do with a member of Team Kite Life that we heard on the previous episode. Um, This person has continued to inspire me ever since they came on the kite field. They're an amazing content creator. They they create beautiful video footage. They're a lot of fun. Um, and they're also very good at poking me and in, kind of ingest, inspiring me to light the fire under my ass and, and do work. So uh, that's not to say, though, that this person isn't also an amazing kite flyer really exceptional kite flyer. So uh, without further ado, let me get into part one of this interview with Brett Marshall. Glad to be here on the podcast. My name is Brett Marshall from Detroit, Michigan. Uh, You know, I I get around, you've seen me flying gin, uh, quad line kites, started in my early days on revs, Uh, also fly dual line, I've got a bunch of Skyburner stuff um, that I fly, and then I also do single line as well. I've got big piles of Peter Lynn stuff and Premier sleds and all kinds of inflatables. I try to do it all, try and get my hands into a little bit of everything and, and see what the sport's really all about. And about how long have you been? Uh, so this is a loaded question right is because we've all flown kites at some point as a kid but how long have you been a quote-unquote serious kite flyer Ooh, 
Um, <laughs> for me, everything I do and anything I've ever taken on all through life, uh, I take very serious. Um, I want to do it to the absolute best of my ability. So uh, almost from the moment I picked up a kite about eight years ago, um, have I taken it seriously? Uh, picked up a dual line kite after I got out of mountain biking or was, I guess, transitioning out of mountain biking. <laughs> now that I look back at it, I didn't know it at the time. But uh, yeah, picked up a kite. Didn't know how to put it together or anything, and had to go online, <laughs> go go to the old go oh to the old boy. YouTube vortex, right? And uh, <laughs> so here I am searching how to assemble a dual line stunt kite that I had no idea about. Just thought it was really cool, and uh, up pops a nice little video from the Mister John Baresi <laughs> showing, yeah. showing me how to assemble my dual line stunt kite, right? So it was like cool. I got my uh, got my kite together, and um, from there, there we go. The vortex grabbed a <laughs> you hold. You got sucked in. <laughs> I got sucked in. I will never forget it, man. The the second video that popped up was uh, Bressy. I think it's Seaside um, flying the Chimera, and mm -hmm. um, I had no idea a kite could even do that kind of stuff. And I remember just being absolutely amazed and like yes i got my kite together it looks like that one look at the stuff that's doing that is unreal and so yeah first time out put my kite together went out into the field and and thought i was just going to be able to slap that you know 50 dollar uh vision it was a premier vision and uh i was going to slap that vision around like baresi's slapping that <laughs> chimera around on the beach you know and uh boy was i sadly disappointed when uh when the kite did not do that stuff <laughs> <laughs> i i can just imagine you out there like of course attempting to flail your arms around you know because john has big movements and the thing is just crashing and it was <laughs> oh i learned really quick about the walk of shame ah, you know, had no idea yep. what that was either but uh yeah found out really quick what that was about yeah, that it's not all spastic Kermit arms because you're going to have to walk too many times to to go fix yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, the it's because of the walk of shame that I learned my very, very first trick, and that's a cartwheel. Because I got sick and tired of walking the what is whatever line length I was flying at, I think 100 feet or something like that. Which realistically isn't that far, but it's just really annoying and it like hammers in the point of you fucking crashed and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like walking down to the kite all pissed off. Yeah, it's not that far, but after walking it like 15 times, I'm <laughs> tired. My legs are short. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long way for me to get down. Exactly. There. It's a long time to not actually be doing something with your hands. It's just like, oh, this is stupid i hate i this. used to ride in bikes man i liked wheels you know i'd just <laughs> pedal and i'd go really far it was great <laughs> awesome yeah All right. it, it actually that that <laughs> that kind of leads me into a story i really want to put out there because this is <laughs> oh no this is hilarious <laughs> yeah the, the kite flyers will appreciate this and it was yeah totally so i was out in that field and the kite was not doing what what the chimera was doing you know and and i was so frustrated i actually almost gave up kiting that's very very first day like same day 
uh, because of a bird's nest in a line and me and uh, me and the wife, man, we got in this <laughs> crazy big to do, you know, I just chucked the lines in the garbage. I was so over it. And uh, I remember Googling I'm like, all right, this, this kite, man, this thing's just junky. Uh, and and so I Googled kite shops. Of course, I'm in the Detroit area. Up pops kites and fun things with uh, uh, John and Marianne Trenopole, who we all know and love. So my first interaction with them, I walk in the kite shop, right? I've got this vision. What do I know? This is my very first kite. I didn't do kites as a kid or anything like that. Literally picked it up when I was 30 years old. So, so I go into the kite shop and I'm just like, man, this kite, I had it out. You know, I've seen videos that that's the stuff that these things will do. And this kite does none of that. I don't know. It's just like junky or kind of cheap. I don't know what's wrong with this. <laughs> Boy, totally I the had... kite's fault. Yeah, <laughs> it's totally the kite's fault, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. Here I am in the shop with Trinopole with this kite out that he designed. <laughs> I, I just like go in there about you know how crappy this kite is, and I can't do anything with it. The first time I've ever flown a kite, and I it, and it's his <laughs> kite. I had oh, no idea. Man. So that was when I learned who John and Marianne were and their association in all of the kite world. <laughs> I, I'm assuming you have made amends and, and apologies I, since I, that day. Yeah, se several times over. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. <laughs> oh, man. I, I kind of had a not necessarily involving me, but a, a similar story that wasn't as as bad. Uh, but there was, um, I, I was with Paul and we were visiting a, a friend who owns a kite shop. Um, and he's a pretty knowledgeable person. Uh, but yeah, we're we're sitting there talking and we're talking about indoor flying. And he's like, oh my God. He's like, my favorite kite that I've ever flown. It's an amazing, and it's this most wonderful, incredible kite. And it's just, and he is like going gaga over it. And Paul just has this quiet little smirk, and he's just sitting there. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. That was Paul's first design for level one, like 20 some odd <laughs> years ago, right? Back in 1996, I think it was, or 97. And yeah, just Andy is just going batshit crazy singing the praises about this kite and he's like oh i've always wanted to meet the designer because it's like the greatest thing ever and there's never anything <laughs> like it ever since and i i just i couldn't hold it in anymore i just busted out laughing i'm like yeah you know he did that right and his jaw just drops and you, you gotta love that feeling yeah for like the first time in like three hours of just tirading it was dead silent and he's just staring at paul like oh my god <laughs> i've i've since had a a couple of moments uh like that with the gin it's that's pretty fun and exciting yeah. but you're just standing there holding it back and you're just taking it all in like yeah that's that's me you know yeah, yeah. oh oh so. are you that dude that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fun that's a lot of fun so actually, uh, speaking of the gin, I mean, we're going to kind of like hop forward. It's not a lot of time, but hop forward. Oh, we're going to pulp fiction this. This is how my mind works. It's going to be pulp fiction style. The beginning is the end is the middle. I we're, love yeah. it. <laughs> uh, 
So speaking of the gin, uh, you had a hand in some of the development and the sewing or the initial prototype sewing or you tell me the story of that because I'm probably going <laughs> to fuck that story up. Oh, the story of the gin. Um, yeah, I did have an involvement in that. Uh, I was I was there with John day one when he uh, he came to me and he's like, hey, I've got this idea and um, I want to I want to you know, bring it to fruition and, and let's make something happen. He goes, you know, do you want to sew it? And at that time, I literally was only sewing my kites to keep them together because I have a different budget than most kiters. So I was like sewing my original quad just to keep the thing together. That's how I learned how to sew. <laughs> so when Baresi asked me and he goes, yeah, you want to, you know, help out and maybe do some, some project work for me. I very much did not feel like I was at that level. Like I was at a, you know, a bazer level or something like that. Um, I, so it was, I was very trepidatious about it, but mm -hmm. I was very open with him. Um, and I told him, I said, Hey man, like this is where I'm at, but I, I love mechanic work. I'm a mechanic by trade. So I love putting stuff together uh, the building process is just, it's awesome. It's great for my hands and, and what I really like to do. So I said, I'll give it my absolute best shot. We'll see what, uh, what I can make happen. And, and I'd love to be part of it. So from that moment, he, uh, flew out, uh, flew out to Detroit, um, after going through some like prototype pictures and graphic, you know, what we want to do came out with an outline that is actually nothing like what you see today. Um, had Zicky Wing or or Jin or anything, it's a totally different outline. It was really really cool kite. Um, but we started out with a first kite when he flew out here. We started out and that was a Tyvek kite that was like taped together. <laughs> oh boy, the and best prototypes honestly is Tyvek and garbage bags. Dude, right? So here I am, like, oh, I'm not this grandmaster sewer kite builder. Like, this ain't my bag. And then the first kite we build is made out of Tyvek, like, from the side of a house and tape. <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, you know, this is totally mountain biker. Like, we just zip tie everything together so I can do this. And, uh, dude, we put a bridle on that thing and took it out and we flew the shit out of that kite. Never blew a seam in that. I still have it today. It's underneath the bed in the dungeon here. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it's still together. And what a crazy, crazy sale. Um, so we went through, uh, after that worked out, we went through a few other ones in cloth um, and tweaking shape a little bit. Um, we didn't quite get the feeling or, um, or the performance that we would like out of the kite. Um, so we went back to a more traditional Hedziki style wing and then kind of molded from there. Um, and uh, through the whole process, I was given a lot of creative freedom. Um, so props to John there to just like literally kind of, hey, this is what I want and this is what I'm looking for. What can you do? Um, and just letting me uh, work my magic and my thoughts on what the sale um, needed or what to change to get the effect we needed um so yeah i would i would kind of work some magic and and i i put a lot of love and soul into that sail and uh i can you can feel it at the end of the lines when you fly it's it's just smooth um there's there's something about it it just hugs you even still today man it just gives me a smile 
every time I fly that kite and geez, I've been flying those things now for three years, four years, and they still make me smile every time I pull it out. Awesome. How much, uh, when you're saying you guys were, were doing a lot of the work, uh, kind of tweaking and, and shifting things around, uh, how much were you involved in the technical aspect of it? Like understanding if we cup it here or if we trim this here, it's going to affect the, the flight characteristic there or because you said you come from a mechanic background, so I'm kind of imagining you kind of got into that mindset of, oh, wow, if we make this little tweak and this little flare out, I see the difference it makes. Um, yeah, it, it uh, yeah, being the mechanic, um, I don't have any schooling in physics or anything like that. And physics with kites is uh, totally different um, from most physics that uh, people understand anyway. Um, it's a very, very strange <laughs> yes. niche thing. Like, yeah, totally different. Um, but I have a knack for literally being able to look at the sail, um, whether when it's loaded up at the end of the lines um, um, or even just built up and sitting in front of me. I can kind of look and see uh, what needs to be changed. Um, okay. Yeah, to, to bring shape to it or what have you. Um, so it's kind of just by eye and by instinct. Um, um, so yeah, a lot of that was run off of instinct. I've actually um, I had some help. I was talking a lot with, uh, with people like Bazer and a lot of the quad line guys as well. And just kind of seeing what makes the thing tick. Um, nice. I I've heard that, um, quite a bit, uh, from some of the top designers in, in the kite world is that, uh, a lot of it actually comes down to a feeling that you cannot quantify. You can't say like, okay, if we take it in by, you know, half a degree here, it's going to have this much improvement. It's more like, that looks right. We're going to do that. Sure. That feels right. We're going to do that. And it's, I think that really blends the art side of engineering and kind of gets away from the hardcore, like numbers and mechanical side of engineering. Yeah, that's kind of what's that's what's fun about it is the creativity um, and and the fact that yeah there is no um, general baseline for how a kite flies. There's no way to put it in a wind tunnel and get definitive numbers for for what it's going to do. Um, mm -hmm. it, it is a lot of what's in the artist's head and uh, kind of molding from there. The bridle is a very important part as well. So that is a totally different art. Uh, yeah <laughs> dude bridal holy crap i don't get into bridal too much um even being a boy scout damn near eagle scout knots are not my thing but uh <laughs> but uh yeah so i leave the bridal work to somebody else typically um but that's a whole nother art in itself it's it's crazy yeah um, it's quite yeah definitely quite amazing the difference that just a little tiny tweak say five millimeters in a bridle here and there wow it'll change a kite uh, yeah yeah and i i know that's come up with um you know newbies and stuff like that because certain models of kites do have a slight adjustment on them and it'll say high wind low wind or something like that and so they're like they get they pick up another kite and they're like so how do i adjust the bridles and it's like don't don't yep. touch them. 
<laughs> those have been set those have been perfected don't touch them they're like well it's just not flying right it's you stop fucking with the bridles leave even them alone me. Yeah. even me still today i <laughs> swear to god it, this wasn't i don't know three four months ago i got yelled at by Devin because i was flying my solace and he's like who moved the knots oh. like, i did and he goes you don't move the knots like, well, i moved the knots well, he goes, I was, just, no, you don't I was playing knots. around with it. I wanted to yeah. see, right? Experimentation, <laughs> man, right? <laughs> the, kite does, the, the kite does fly better on default Devon setting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell him I said that, though. I didn't. No, no, no. And I, you know, he may or may not listen to this episode. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll poke at him. <laughs> I'll find out real quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, you have traveled around uh, flying kites. Um, you've traveled with John. You've traveled as Team Kite Life. You've kind of been doing all this. Uh, so far, what has been your favorite event and why? Oh, totally gosh, a loaded question because you just came insane. from a really good one. <laughs> you are, are going to make me go there, aren't you? I, oh, yes. boy. Um, yeah. They're all... It's funny, I was actually looking through memories and stuff on Facebook um, and just seeing like what had popped up from the past. Um, I haven't been around long, but I've been around to enough events. And mm -hmm. uh, oh, boy, they're all special in their own respect. But for me, honestly, um, without a doubt, is SPI, South Padre Island Kite Fest. Um, that is definitely my number one. Uh, that's kind of... Uh, the first festival where I had like team experience, that's where we got together for team kite life. Um, that's, that's the original breeding grounds, like uh, so much history there with iQuad doing routines that were built on the lawn at, mm -hmm. at Isla Grand, where we've now built uh, like four routines. Um, the <laughs> Bill and Susie and John, holy crap. What an awesome family. Um, they just, love kites love the kite flyers um, really really lovely people that invite us into into their home um, gosh there's just so many respects to spi not to mention we, we haven't even brought up the kite flying yeah we're <laughs> we just talking the, the kite flying yet the um, vibe yeah 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 the the family the people that show up there it's just unbelievable it's a good time um, more than once the last uh, couple weeks ago you know more than once where me and John sitting out on the balcony behind this glass that nobody can see out of. They can't see us, but we can see in the hotel room, right? And we can see everybody. It's We've got a party going on because we just bring everybody in. Uh, doesn't matter who you are. You know, if you're good shit, you're coming in. We're bringing mm -hmm. you in whether you like it or not. So me and John are sitting there. We're just watching everybody mingle, um, hugging, dancing, laughing. And, uh, oh, boy, it's just so hard to to look in there and not like shed a tear and just the love that is poured around the TKL family. Oh, it's just, it it's fills too the much. cup. Yeah. Yeah. And then a... we get to the lovely flats, which the flats <laughs> for flying kites, boy, talk about a big open space with not much in the way other than the condos, unless, you know. Yeah. Like and as long North as it's wind. not flooded, um, I'll deal with water. <laughs> it's like six inches of snow outside right now. I'll deal with some water. 
And as long as it's not 34 degrees and blowing 30. <laughs> I, I mean. You were fine, but everybody was else a, was like, no, I didn't come see, to the beach for this. See, I was in a hoodie and like normal pants. I didn't even have layers on. <laughs> yeah, they should come up here and fly with me on, you know, frozen Lake Erie. Mm -hmm. that's, some, that's some cold stuff. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, SBI holds a very, very special place in my heart as well, because uh, it was essentially the first real festival that I went to. Um, and it kind of got me hooked. Uh, it also helped that when I went there, um, that's actually, I got sponsored right out of that event. Um, yeah, from HQ Power Kites. So uh, I've always just had a special love for that event. And it's so hard to put into words like exactly what it is. It is. You just have to go there and experience it. And uh, gosh, get yeah. sucked into the kite family there real quick. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, being at like the indoor is the perfect example, right? Is we're a crazy circus family that is just having fun and flying our best. And there happens to be 1,200 people that paid to watch us and they all love it. And we're what? like, it was great. Say that again. 1,200 people that paid to, to watch come. us fly indoor kites. Yeah. Yeah. How like, incredible is that? They had to keep like expanding the number of potential audience seats because they kept selling out for so many years. And then it was like, well, okay, let's add another hundred. You know, maybe we won't sell out. Oh, shit, we sold out. <laughs> I remember, uh, gosh, the first year we went there um, was, I think, 2016. Mm -hmm. And I think we were at like 550 people at the indoor, something like that. Mm -hmm. And every year just grew exponentially. Then it was 800. Then it was 1,000. Then it was, you know, 1,200. It was like, holy crap. And every single year there was still a line of people outside the door that would show up and stand there just in case people didn't show up. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or you know, someone decided to leave halfway through, which I don't think I've ever seen happen. Yeah, I don't think so. Right. Intermission hits and they all come back and sit down and they love it. it um, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, you can keep people, 1,200 people that are, uh, gosh, honestly, over the 55. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can keep them in one spot without going, you know, going anywhere yeah. for like two hours is unbelievable. And they just want more and more and more. They yeah. And not to get too deep into a touchy conversation that we know was happening <laughs> recently regarding this. Um, but it, the demographics of that event are really interesting because it is predominantly snowbirds. Um, so it is not, there's almost no kids there. I don't think I've, yeah. I, the only kids I ever remember seeing were kids of the performers that were also flying. <laughs> yep. Right. Um, like I think you and I were like the youngest people there. Well, no, sorry. Wadi's younger than us. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but like, generally almost everybody that is there is a snowbird they're they're retirees and we grab their attention and they're interested and they they want to talk with us and they want to like really get invested in what's going on um yeah and they return year after year 
And yeah. People that have been it, coming for 10, 15 years and they've like, I was here when it was five bucks to get in. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I know there's, there's people that we would meet there every single year and, you know, they'd come up and they would bring us like a goodie bag of stuff and just like so thankful that we're there again. And it, you know, it, it was really cool. They became friends. These people don't fly kites. They just no. are genuine kite fans and they're like kite groupies. Yeah, yeah, is the only place I know of that actually has kite groupies, not just people that fly kites that want to meet you or something like that. These people don't fly kites, and they are just like in love with the kite, kite groupies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's it's always been one of those interesting things for me to like to try and parse out and figure out because traditionally the main focus for most festivals and organizations and all that has been targeting kids and, and the younger generation be like oh you know we'll get them interested and i'm like we just sold out 1200 people at spi and they all <laughs> sat and watched us and there was only 20 kite flyers like they sat there for two hours watching us prance around the floor to music and they loved it hey that's so, fine and they can they can go and spread joy to kids i do that too I, but Yes, hey, yeah. At, at heart, I'm like at least 75. I've got my old man slippers on right now. I'll even show them to you. You can't see them, people, but Nick's looking I at might, them. I, I might have to put slippers. this video up. Yeah. Yeah, there's some old man slippers. So I feed my birds in the morning. I feed my squirrels nuts. You know, I'm I'm an old man at heart, so I'll I'll hang out with them people all day. Yep. <laughs> the same here. I I I love the kite flying. Kite flying allows us to kind of live in that age range of both a kid and a senior citizen and everything in between and do it all at the same time. Yeah, um, nothing else nothing else matters, right? We're just flying kites and mm -hmm. getting away from <laughs> any weird stress from life. Yeah, it's, there's people, yeah. gosh, there's people I've known now for eight years because I've been flying kites. I don't know what the hell they do for work. <laughs> or heaven forbid what um you know like i've i've known kite flyers now for 15 years and like we have traveled around the world we've done all this stuff i've never met their spouse <laughs> or maybe that's uh, why they're flying kites because the spouse yeah. doesn't like it <laughs> <laughs> or or i've never like like you said i actually don't know what they do for a living i have no idea and come to realize like oh Holy crap, you're a grandpa? Like, hey, right? I had no idea, I guess. Like, it, I guess I just never thought of you as a grandpa. And here you're telling me you just went to your grandson's wedding. And I'm like, what the? What? Yeah, what like, I've talked to you for hours. Like, we spent weeks together traveling and talking. And, do, and like, yeah, that none of that stuff has ever come up. We just all I, love kites so much. Yeah, and we talk I about know kites. your favorite ice cream and your preferred <laughs> line length. And I don't yeah. know that you have an adult grandchild that just got married and may potentially <laughs> pop out a child. Like 15 years that never came up. Like <laughs> I freaking love blown. kites, man. Yeah. <laughs> and the and the grand irony, right, is that I bet you have felt the same is that a lot of these kite flyers, they feel like family. Indeed. I'll, yeah. I'll go yeah. four or five months without seeing someone and the moment we're on the field together, it's it, it's family. These are all my cousins. Yeah. Hey, all just, the cousins are getting together. <laughs> yeah. The man, COVID uh, kind of showed it to us 
real hard. Man, it gave it to us real hard. But boy, coming back is just glorious, isn't it? Oh, gosh. Mm, yes. I mean, we saw that with you guys going to the the festival that may or may not have happened, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you guys were so excited in the moment. It's so good to be back with the Kite family. You just you I completely forget to forgot. take pictures. You don't do anything because it's just so awesome to be back with the people. Yeah. Like the we're, we're three quarters through the end of the day and I'm like, I still have a full battery in my camera. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know where my backup batteries are. Like, did I do anything today? And I open up my camera and there's two photos. And like one of them is an accidental photo of me walking and I took a photo of my foot. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. It's there's a good a day. Of... Yeah. Like, wow. <laughs> it's <a> good day. <laughs> yeah, I know that feeling all too well. It's kind of where I'm at in, in kiting now. I used to hit it real, real hard and mm-hmm. um, yeah, try to earn my spot. And I was just always so concentrated on the flying. But now I've, I don't know if my flying has slowed down or just matured anyway, where I can enjoy the moment, not just worry about which freaking direction my kite's headed, (laughs) if the leading edge is straight or not. Like, there's none of that. I can take my eyes off the kite and I can just enjoy the moment and look at everything in a big picture and just, just, yeah, just enjoy it. Kind of zen out. Yep. It's awesome. Well, uh, speaking of photos, and I know we kind of josh each other back and forth, and for those that don't know, uh, Brett and I kind of push each other when it comes to content creation. Um, We have different approaches that I think are awesome, but we also give each other crap, which I think is also awesome. I would never give you crap for flying an iFlight, even though you put a badass as the cover photo. I would never do that. Never, never. You have never done that and called me out like, wow, the kite in your cover photo is not even in the video. Yeah, thanks, Brett. Shut up. Ever. You've never done that. Never, (laughs) never. But uh, I, <laughs> we also were both in, in, in a content creators group where we're kind of like sharing, um, we're sharing our inspiration. We're sharing advice. We're sharing just tips and tricks and stuff we've learned. Um, and I know for me, definitely one thing has been interesting to watch what you put out, uh, the storytelling and everything else. Um, you seem to have, you seem to have a passion for content for either making video or, or photos. You definitely have a, a photographer's eyes. So <laughs> that helps. Um, <laughs> for sure. But yeah, just, just wondering, like, do you feel a compulsion to do it or do you do it because it's a part of the creative process and you enjoy that? Um, loaded question, I know. So, so much like anything, I'm going to do it if I love it. Um, I have no no ties to anything. I'm not being paid by anybody. Um, you know, regardless of what you think, I make zero money from kiting, and <laughs> I made sh- I made sure I was very upfront about that. Um, you know, with there's John what like have you, three like... people that make money from kiting, <laughs> Dude, right? Right. <laughs> um, it, but yeah, I was very upfront. Like, hey, I don't. As soon as I'm like making money, this feels like work. Like, I've already got another job, so mm-hmm. I don't want two jobs. <laughs> um, so everything I do, I do it because I love it. Um, if if I don't want to take pictures that day or I don't want to shoot video, 
Yeah, you saw that at SPI. I didn't. Um, <laughs> and, and that's just how it goes. Uh, yeah. Because I've, I've learned over the time of doing videos. Um, in the beginning, I was doing a lot of forced stuff. And I'm just trying to be edgy and and be, you know, uh, known or seen mm-hmm. anyway. So I was putting out stuff that eh, eh, probably didn't float my boat too much. But I'm putting it out there. Um where you'll see if you go through my YouTube channel, there's very much a transition just a couple years ago where my videos go from that uh, quote unquote rule of three to four minutes. Mm-hmm. My videos go from that three minutes all of a sudden, oh, there's a nine minute hour video. long video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, so there's that nine minute video. Oh, and then, oh, wait, what's. 39 minute video oh an hour and 15 like you yeah you'll see my stuff growing and growing and growing in length um because i just it was one of that one of those things where it's like no i'm I'm doing this because i love it um i'm Mm -hmm. not making money from youtube i don't have enough subscribers yet Um, i'm not not (laughs) making money from youtube or any of that so why would i try to put stuff out there for somebody else if i'm you know not going to get anything from it i might as well do what i love and doing the more adventure like vlog style videos and then i still throw that kite edit in the middle of it or a couple of kite edits in there um but it's a much broader story um and and there's a lot of story or um lifestyle type video that lacks in uh yeah 100 (laughs) percent. every video is like the single camera frame behind somebody their kite window is all super small and it's one frame like, dude, you can't even take three different, you know, angles and chop that together. Mm-hmm. It's editing's pretty easy. You'd be surprised, you guys. You just put an editor or anything on your phone that's for video editing. Man, you can chop up some clips and at least put those together. And make something inter- interesting and, and different. You know, kind of show, show the world from your perspective. Why you're yeah. there. Not just because you're there and flying this kite. Like, why? How would you get there? Why are you there? Who are you with? What's the yeah. weird stuff happening in the area? Like, I want to see. I want to see everything. I want to see everything. Yeah, and I, I kind of go again. You and I have had this conversation. I go back and forth with. I want to actually support those people that are doing, you know, the single shot of the kite in the sky, simply because, the more they do it the more there is and the more we all kind of grow, it gets seen, but definitely we need more yeah. storytelling. We, we need more lifestyle. And like you said, the, the longer videos are great for that, right? Because yeah. if it's just straight kite flying, three minutes is kind of my attention span. That's oh, pushing geez. it. Man. Good for you. I don't, but I can't, yeah. Like uh, I'm 30 starting seconds to get... in. I'm just like, okay. Yeah, I'm starting to get TikTok brains, so let's go seven seconds, right? Yep. Oh, I like it. I comment on that stuff. Yeah, I support it. You know, do your thing. But But uh, definitely the story. Do better. Yeah. (laughs) Right? You got to want it. Yeah. Uh, And and what I wanted to kind of touch on is, uh, like, I know you've done a few story videos or or vlog style uh, kite flying videos with Fletch, uh, James Fletcher. Um. Oh boy! Yeah, it was the neighborhood. <laughs> I'm gonna get him on the podcast one of these days. By the way, oh, you better. Um, but uh, I think what is 
critical that stands out from that is that uh, you guys are sharing your honest personality. Like we're just out here. We're just having fun. You're not, you're not playing up to the camera. You're not trying to be sexy. Okay. Well, Fletch is sexy, but yeah, that's why I bring them on board, man. I got to bring up the sex appeal on my channel. (laughs) Salt and pepper black man. Mm, He is just, he's got it going on that little butt wiggle and everything. You know, I'm like five, three from the country. Like I I ain't bringing the, I ain't bringing the heat. You, you you throw Fletch out standing in the waterfall flying and, you know, he's just got the moves. It makes That's it look right. good. I stand behind him. I throw the cheese. <laughs> <laughs> <Very nice. laughs> but yeah, so uh, I, I think that's something that I really, really hope uh, other people that might want to do videos um, when they watch yours as, as inspiration that they take away is sharing things like you guys just talking around the campfire and hanging out and talking about like, Oh yeah. You know, I, I, that was a great fly we did there. Yeah. Did you see how I bobbled over here? And Oh yeah. You know, I was thinking of, you know, the song that I was listening to previously and just having fun with it and not being so hardcore dedicated kite, 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 kite. Um, Because yeah, kites are fun, but they're kind of boring on video. It's uh, yeah, you know, you the can make it exciting. Yeah, yeah, but there's just so much more to the story. Exactly. Um, and and that's the kind of stuff I really do like to do now. Is just, hey, I've got the camera rolling. There's like this isn't scripted. There's very very few times is they're like, hey, do this this way, or you know, oh. There's, there's very little direction man it's just yeah. as it comes up and <laughs> and we get what we get and uh it just seems to work and yeah me and fletch <laughs> uh <laughs> that guy i'll tell you we have this crazy weird brotherly connection and when we get together uh just shit hits the fan and <laughs> we have a good old time um, yeah. I get him, I don't know what it is about me, but I get him to do stuff for the very first time in his life, like that nobody Hell else can yeah. ever get him to do. Like a kayak, got him in a kayak? That's insane. <laughs> He's like, bro, I can't swim. Like, it's cool. If you don't go in the water, you don't have to swim, right? Like, like just you're... don't tip over, duh. Yeah, don't, don't tip over. <laughs> and he killed it. He didn't have to go swimming. And, uh-huh. uh, dude, like the whole kind of, I don't want to take credit for his like kite travels and all that, but like I got him on a plane for the first time. <laughs> he was scared. He was, he scared. had never flown before. He had never flown before. Oh, I did the same I got... thing with Sean Toma too. Got what? him on a plane for the first time. Yeah. Fletch had never like flown anywhere. I got him down to, uh, what was it? Uh, Columbia. Got him down to fly international down to Columbia. Wow. So I've gotten him to do so much weird, crazy, (laughs) crazy stuff. Um, (laughs) I don't know what it is about me, but I I don't know what's next. You know, you have to watch our watch the YouTube channel for Brett and Fletch Adventures to see what's (laughs) next. Maybe we'll jump out of a plane or something. Which which this is a perfect time 
Uh, what is the YouTube channel called? Uh, the YouTube channel is just simply Brett Marshall. You want to um, spell that just in case? Because, yes, you know, it, apparently I drop one of the letters in your name. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, Brett Marshall, B-R-E-T-T-M-A-R-C-H-E-L. Um, or if you just search about anything, uh, Kite Forge Gin or Detroit Kiting, uh, I pop up. Um, and then, yeah. You know, Brett and Fletch Adventure Time. <laughs> Definitely check those out. Uh, we've got three up now, I believe. Um, luckily, we didn't do one at SPI because that would have been <laughs> amazing. The people would have loved it, but we didn't because it was party time. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think there's three full episodes on there, ranging from 40 minutes to I'm looking right now, and it is an hour and 14 minutes. <laughs> oh, jeez. Hour and 14 minute kite video. Take that, people. Like, whatever, screw your three minute videos. I'm going all in. Yeah, that's right. Come at me. Come at me. There's a whole lot of kite flying in that, too. So, yes, yeah. there is. <laughs> yeah, I remember I watching most of it. Uh, that's, yeah, and I'm, I'm actually really hoping at some point, once, you know, the pandemic is kind of coming relatively to an uh, end ish. Uh, so I know, and like all the plans we had two years ago, we're hoping to start up again. And one of those was like, hopefully at some point, you know, we could just do like a road trip tour with a handful of us and just be like, fuck it. We're going to go fly places and video and do stupid stuff and have campfires and hang out. And, you know, Dude, do it. That's how I got sucked into kiting. Ultimately, it was Baresi doing his freaking tour around the country. Mm -hmm. I, you know what? We'll just do, uh, like, we'll have you and Fletch, and our goal is to get Fletch on the most random, strangest things. Fletch on a four-wheeler. Fletch in a tank. Right? Like, that's the goal wanna, while we're I wanna see bike flying. I want to see Fletch ride a bull. Can we watch <laughs> Fletch ride a bull? I think he can yes. take it, man. I think he'd go eight seconds. We, we, we can make it happen, right? Sweet. And Let's of course, it. he's going to do it while attempting to fly a kite, and it's just going to be hilarious, and we may end up in the ER, but so worth it. Uh, it's worth the views. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. My battery was dead for that. Can you do it again? One, one more time. <laughs> Can you take your shirt off this time? <laughs> so, all right. All contenty goodness. Now I got uh, you blushing. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, again, probably good that the video is not on unless I decide to post this video onto <laughs> the YouTube channel. Um, which I might at one of these days. But uh, yeah. So other kite goodness. Um, so we know your favorite, quote unquote, your favorite kite event. I know you've you've got a lot of other kite events that have been uh that have kind of that are up there but is there an event you gone you, that you have gone to or um an experience you had that really defined or was life-changing when it comes to kite flying i mean spi overall yes but like a very specific incident um <laughs> Boy, which one do I pick? <laughs> <laughs> I've had quite a few 
crazy life-changing moments flying. Um, gosh, uh, I'll go back to the very, very first one. Um, when I was six months into flying a quad kite, mm-hmm. not even six months into flying a quad kite, and I got a phone call from OJB, and he goes, hey, man, you want to uh, go to India? And before kiting, like we, I traveled a lot um, mm-hmm. for mountain biking and that kind of thing, just pleasure stuff. I I traveled a lot, so I'm like, yeah, yeah, man, I, I like to travel. I'll go to India. And he goes, all right, well, the plane leaves in two weeks. Like, <laughs> like wait, wait, what the hell are you talking about, dude? Like right now, like we're oh, two weeks, we're gonna go to India. And he goes, yeah, if you want to do it, you know, we're gonna do some kite flying and stuff, and I get you over there. Just a, well, like, okay kites man freaking kites dude right and uh so i get to get to india um after me and john get stuck in a room with one bed and uh i end up being little spoon i guess um we, we wake up this is my first time really hanging out with john yeah so um after oh, that <laughs> first day we uh we get to flying and i upon his recommendation had just bought an indoor rev you had never flown it a week and a half before i left to go to india this was like a few days after he called me i ordered an indoor rev (laughs) and i was like cool so this flies just like my other one right awesome i'll be just fine yeah oh boy And, and i can't remember i don't think i flew it I might have flown it for like two minutes before I left, maybe. So possibility of never flying it. I get to India. Here we are. John hops on the stage <laughs> in front of all these people, right? It's nighttime. There's zero wind. And John's like, yeah, dude, come on. We're going to fly pairs. Like pairs? I Like, okay, we're going to fly pairs. I've never really flown this kite. I'm and here. I've never After flown pairs to fly. No, none of this stuff, right? Like, I have never <laughs> flown with anybody else. I've never flown this indoor kite. And we hop on stage, and it was pure survival. <laughs> Somehow I made it work, and we were doing some cool shit, man. We were doing exchanges, like all kinds of really, really cool stuff. And I am just out there, like, butt puckering trying not to fall off the stage or like knock over a guy's piano right oh and god like dude and we survive i land the kite john lands the kite i look over he tips the kite towards him pulls the lines and the kite comes firing back at him he catches it and i'm like oh that That's seems cool. kind of cool and i do same thing boom oh kite's coming at me she boop grab it up Look like a pro, dude. Walk off the stage and just, oh, it was like the world was lifted off of my shoulders and I knew I was home. Nice. <laughs> that was, that was, uh, that was my, the moment I really knew. It's like this kiting thing is freaking cool. I want to do this. <laughs> was it, uh, was it Gujarat or where, where in India were you? It was the Desert International Kite Festival. Um, the first day we flew, that was uh, Jodhpur. Okay. And then we continued on to Jaipur. Ah, nice. Yeah. Yeah, it was gorgeous. Yeah. Were you there for like a week? 
we were there for I think twelve or thirteen days. It was a pretty long stint. Um, oh wow! Bounced around, yeah. Stayed at this gorgeous garden palace. <laughs> like the grounds were unbelievable. Everything else around it's just you know desert India, India, yeah. and yeah. And then here's this fenced off, just gorgeous palatial grounds. Um, howler monkeys in the morning going nuts, like all these huge fruit bats. It was just like, yes. we ain't in Kansas anymore. <laughs> Between the birds and the bats, that was always that was always cool for me in India. Like, yep. they just never stop ever. And being the photographer, I'm just like, oh, yeah, like kites are cool guys, but I'm gonna go over here for like a half hour. <laughs> And I'm just going to fly my kite by myself. And like, I'm back there taking pictures of fruit bats and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I completely feel you. I, I did that in, in Kerala, uh, just like walking down to the beach and taking photos of stray dogs and oh, just cool. Just life on the beach there. I was like, this is so cool. And That's it's so awesome. different. Yeah. Yeah, you get the wild horses and stuff down there. Yeah, and you know, trying to trying to explain to people that haven't been to India, let alone been involved in the kite community, they have a very different perception. And they're like, yeah. "Oh, you know, I'd never go there." And I'm like, "I can't wait to go back. I really yeah. can't." Yeah, and for me, um, I remember being kind of the same way, where it was like. Um, not really scared, but yeah, just trepidatious. Like, I'm not really sure about this. And I traveled mm-hmm. a lot. Like, I love, you know, going into the really weird um, lower income neighborhoods, like see what people's doing. The the people I've met just walking through a neighborhood that you probably shouldn't be walking through. Yeah. Is, is pretty unreal. So, like, when I got asked, yeah, there's just no question. I'm like, ah, it's a, a little nerve wracking going to India, but uh, I'm in, man. And, yeah, uh, there, there's experience. Yeah, I, don't there's... Even, I don't like eat many vegetables. <laughs> I live on like, you know, meat and ice, ice cream. cream. Yeah. Dude, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, like I went over there and everything's vegetarian. Like, man, I don't know about all this. And oh, my God, I came back home, like feeling better than I ever had. Got this freaking burger because all I wanted was some meat. And I couldn't taste the burger. It had no flavor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, those sucks so to the closest indian restaurant i go it was uh yeah it was pretty life-changing going over there it was cool i i yeah i know exactly what you mean and you know there are definitely some things that like you have to be prepared when you go over there um and you might have to have the right intestinal fortitude before you go over there <laughs> yeah apparently i got that because i drink water <laughs> in india uh, from a, a water the... bottle that had been uncapped? Um, no. Or from out of the tap? The... Yeah, out of the tap. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, was two, there was two separate water sources that we had, and, and mm-hmm. one of them was not for international kite flyers. Yeah, that was the one I went to. <laughs> After I had already taken down a couple of cups and I was filling up another one, somebody goes, that's not, that's like tap water, man. You don't want that. It's like, oops. <laughs> you learned. <laughs> No, I did. it was fine. I, yeah. yeah. I was rock solid, man. I was just like, right on. So I'm good to go. I think I can travel anywhere and drink the water. 
Same here. Same here. I'm like, you know, after I've done that, I'm 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 pretty good. You know, I think I can survive much. Yeah. But there are better things about India than than the yeah. water. All right, we're going to go ahead and kind of chop right there and save the rest of the interview and the conversation I had with Brett uh, for a future episode. I hope you enjoyed that. I know it was kind of long, but trust me, when Brett and I get talking, we just talk forever and I happen to be recording. So there's a lot more good stuff coming from that conversation. And again, uh, like I said at the top of the episode, if you really liked what you hear here, consider uh, you know, hitting the like button, the subscribe button, or sharing this episode with folks that you know. And actually, you know what? To give some shout out to Brett, go over to his stuff. You can find it on YouTube. You can find him on Facebook. Give him a like. Give him some love. Let him know that you are seeing what he's doing. And uh, yeah, trust me, he'll appreciate it. So we, all of us do. <laughs> all right. So with that, let's go out and fly. I hear the wind is howling right outside my door. So, all right. Bye, guys. <laughs>